I've got the happiest experiment that ever happened with a beagle. And I've got Britain's worst ever avalanche. Hello there. Hello. Welcome to Date Fight. Welcome. And we're, we're going to be over 50 episodes in now. Yeah, that's a lot of episodes. It really is. I mean, some people might say too many episodes. Some people might say we've overreached. Yeah. <laughs> some people might be saying, I can really hear the strain telling in your voices every morning. <laughs> the brain fighting to stay in control. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Date Fight. <laughs> it's the podcast where we take great moments from history and pitch them against each other. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley. And together we have crystallised the water vapour in the clouds to bring you a snow of truth and harmony. Oh, wow, I love that. It's not fully accurate. No, I mean, it's, it's really no way beautiful. Truth. Yeah, basically it's like top drops done in testosterone. Really beautiful facts. lies. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's the 27th of December. Yes. What moments in history from 27th of December's gone by have you found? I, I would like to take you to 1836, when there was the worst British avalanche in history now where in britain would you imagine would be prone to avalanches snowdonia nope didn't happen in snowdonia uh the highlands nope ben nevis nope lewis <laughs> in sussex in sussex lewis in sussex Come off it. the worst British avalanche. So, From, so what happened? Like a cup full of snow fell over? No, no. There are two big hills near Lewis. And sure. from October onwards, 1836, through to April 37, there was a big freeze. And the town, it snowed almost constantly. And a big snowfall happened, started on Christmas Eve, on the 24th, with drifts of up to 10 feet. Wow. And on the 27th, everyone was told to leave their homes because it looks like it's all going to fall off the top of that hill. And they all ignored it because... Clearly, we live in Lewis. Having an avalanche is a ridiculous idea. Plus, um, ev- everyone in Lewis, and I, I'm going to say this, hoping no one's listening to me, <laughs> they think they're a little bit magical and special in yeah. Lewis, don't they? Because they have their special bonfire nights and yeah. all the doings. It's like, There's a lot of that like, on the no, South Coast. I'm, I'm, a bit too good, I'm a bit too good for Brighton, actually. It's too, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's gone a bit too. Yeah, but you Lewis. say Brighton, but it's actually Hove. I just like reading books in Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> My intellectual bar is so low. <laughs> Reading books, <laughs> he says contemptuously. They don't work. Imagine them getting their information Ugh. somewhere other than podcasts. Uh, <laughs> so on the 27th, um, all of the snow that was on the hill fell onto Boulder Row, in which 15 people were accommodated. Uh, seven survived, eight died. Oh, well, now I feel terrible. All the houses were knocked over. Wow. Uh, currently, where that row of houses stood, there is a pub called the Snowdrop Inn. Seriously? Seriously. Is that the Snowdrop Inn or the Snowdrop Inn? It's the Snowdrop Inn, but, you know. Wow. We can imagine that someone thought that was very funny in 1850. Yeah. And since then. Yeah. Well, you know, tragedy, tragedy plus, time <laughs> plus time equals drinking. We're adding time. Great. So let's all go and have a drink at the Snowdrop Inn and remember the... Eight people whose houses were crushed and surrounded by snow when they died of hypothermia and or suffocation. We don't quite know. That's horrendous. Yep. You've just made it really horrendous. It was You've just horrendous. made it very vivid. Yeah, but yeah. we were chuckling away. Uh, that's our fault, really. We're horrible Don't people. And now you're pre- putting... <laughs> wow. Some I saw, Do you know what? I, I kind of wish that we were scoring this week. Yeah, I'm quite glad we're not. Because, yeah, I should say so. 
Because five years before yours, mm-hmm. on my 27th of December, one Charlie Darwin yeah. embarks on his journey aboard the HMS Beagle. Yes. During which he will begin to formulate his theory of mm-hmm. evolution. Mm. Uh, which led to, of course, his publication of On the oh Origin of Species. Mm-hmm. All of which is very good. Yeah. I'm more interested yes. in David Waltner Toe's more recent publication On the Origin of Feces. Yeah. He's written a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The subtitle is What Excrement Tells Us About Evolution, Ecology and a Sustainable Society. What does it tell us? This is kind of a pet thing of mine. Okay. Everyone's always talking about mm, soil depletion. It's a really serious issue, actually. And yeah. We need more grazing animals or soil depletion. No. What we need to do is close the circle. And I'm sorry to say right. it, but the circle of poo. As humans, we're taking all these nutrients in. Yeah. And then we're flushing them down the loo. We're giving them to the fish. And giving them to the fish. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to come back. Greedy fish. Unless we, we eat to- the fish. Yeah, but that's not cool. <laughs> No. Actually, one of the worst things you could do on a planetary level. Anyway. <laughs> Complete the circle of poo. Waltner Toes, a Canadian yep. conservationist and epidemiologist, yep. outlines how, in nature, yep. excrement yep. is a source of food and energy. Mm-hmm. How was your lunch here, by the way, Nat? It, was, it will become a source of food and energy. It already was. Yeah. Uh, and it's important in the recycling of nutrients. So, he's basically saying we're too ultra-sanitised in today's developed societies. Right. We need to take a more holistic view of Mm -hmm. poo. And we should embrace them on on an industrial scale as a ready-made source of energy. Mm -hmm. Apparently, you can use a biodigester to anaerobically make nitrogen-rich fertiliser and produce methane to generate electricity and heat, which they are doing, in fairness. Mm. I've been to uh, Eschholt sewage works in Yorkshire yeah. and I have seen them burning uh, stuff and yeah. generating electricity with it. Yes. And they've done really well. Like, even their sewer, as it comes in, they've got one of those Archimedes screws mm-hmm. that generates electricity as as it all moves down through the... Anyway. Mm. Uh, I went to Bangladesh once and I saw they use dung for wall daub in wattle and daub buildings. Mate, this building you're sitting in right now... Yes. I had a go, well, I just had a, I got drunk one night and I just, all up the wall. (laughs) I love that I talk about Eshalt in Yorkshire thinking, hey, I went somewhere. That means, and you're like, yeah, I went to Bangladesh. Uh... (laughs) Can I win on any front ever? Why did you go to Bangladesh? In my youth, I was in church things. It was a church thing. I was building houses. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. It was, uh... It was interesting. I think every 17-year-old should be made to go and live in a third world country briefly. Do you really? Yeah. I think it helps you go, oh, oh, all of these things that I take for granted are not things. Yeah. And maybe I should just get out of the way a bit. Yeah. Maybe I need to shut up and look and not have so many ideas. Interesting. Not that it stopped me. No. Look at you <laughs> and now. you can come back even more secure and just use it to boast. <laughs> I went away, so I know my opinions are even more right than everyone's. Use it to make yeah. a manufactured point <laughs> in, in a, a spurious podcast. podcast. <laughs> Good for you, mate. <laughs> I mean, frankly, we're lucky it took 50 episodes for me to drop it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I talk about me in America all the time. Sorry, <laughs> I'll shut up about that. 
Okay, well, well done. I'm glad we're not scoring now because you would have just at the last minute scooped the poop. Scooped the poop. To Anne Mortimer, mother of Richard of York and granddaughter of Edward III. That's pretty much all there is to say about her. Poor Anne. I mean, there isn't. There's more, but... It's fine. Happy birthday to Marlena Dietrich, the husky-voiced songstress responsible for Lily Marlene and other songs. Happy birthday to Janet Street Porter. She used to be a journalist, now she's a loose woman. Don't know what that says about the world. Well, we all end up that way. Happy death day to Edmund Mortimer, who might go, oh, is he a relative of Anne Mortimer? Who is he a relative of Oh, is he? Uh, yeah, he is. He's her uh, great uncle. Oh. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. He was uh, part of the Good Parliament. What's the Good Parliament? The Good Parliament was when... Um, it's a Netflix series. Yeah. <laughs> it was sometime in the 1370s or 80s, yeah. when um, most of the... People around the king, Edward III, who was very old and decrepit by that point, were quite corrupt. And so the Black Prince, who is his son, the Prince of Wales, arrived with a whole faction of people to clear out all the bad old people um, who were headed by John of Gaunt. Then, of course, the Black Prince died, um, leaving all his supporters unprotected by anyone. And John of Gaunt now hated them, and he was in charge of most things. Um, So... Edmund Mortimer ran away, became Lord Lieutenant of Ireland, and was killed by rebellious lords in Ireland. So a lot of that happens. Yeah. So did they drain the swamp? Uh, no. The swamp remained, um, and it became John of Gaunt's own swamp, personal swamp. I don't like John of Gaunt. Everyone likes John of Gaunt. He does that big speech in... Is it Richard II? He does... I don't know. This sceptred isle, this very England, this... Oh, right. And he was on LBC, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got his own um, radio station now. He broadcasts from his back garden, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. To an audience of angry. <laughs> uh, happy death day to Ossip Mandelstam, the Russian poet who was sent into internal exile and died at a transit camp, having written a satirical poem about Stalin that Stalin did not like. I mean, he of didn't all the publish limericks. it. He, yeah, did not, but he did say it at parties, and then someone told Stalin, at which point he sent him and his wife tickets to you've won a holiday come on holiday and they went oh we've won a holiday let's go and they packed their are you serious i'm absolutely serious and they got uh, on the i thought holiday. this was like a joke you were doing no then they got on the holiday and they went no you're under arrest you're going to be exiled now and he died once a transit camp top tip if someone tells you you've won a holiday yeah check who it it's is very unlikely you won a holiday <laughs> did you enter a competition for a holiday yeah. no then you haven't won a holiday <laughs> the russian radio times <laughs> bonanza giveaway uh, happy death day to Agda Meyerson. Agda Meyerson was a Swedish nurse who became an activist to improve the education, pay and working conditions of her profession. She is recognised as one of the pioneers of nursing in Sweden. Very good. Data. Round two. Let me take you back to the 27th of December, 1937. Oh, here's a gear change. In 1937, on the 27th of December, Regina Jonas was ordained as the first ever female rabbi. Okay. Unfortunately, she chose to be ordained as the first ever female rabbi in Berlin. Okay. So from 1940... Oh. Yes, not a good... <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't with you years. on dates for a second there, yeah. Yeah. 
1942, she was arrested and sent to Theresienstadt concentration camp, where she continued to work as a rabbi for another two years. But in 1944, she was moved to Auschwitz, where she was killed within a day. Any other thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) This is the problem with this format. That's a heartbreaking story. Mm. And uh, one, it's quite hard to recover from. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, you've you've certainly That's picked something. Of, yeah, I've backed the podcast into a corner. Well, no, I mean, it would be crass to go from something like that to something trivial, yeah, and light-hearted. Mm. But try, I must because <laughs> this is the podcast. Well, you've given me no option. You've you, you've you just dropped that bomb into the podcast, and now I've got to talk about. What I'm talking about. Yes. 27th of December, 1932. Ooh. And the showplace of the nation opens in New York City. It is Radio City Music Hall. Mm. It's on the Avenue of the Americas, and it is home to the Rockettes. Yep. Which is a big dance troupe. Yep. It was sort of supposed to be an opera house. Mm. And then they realised... Yeah, you're not going to make any money off of opera. It's like <laughs> books, podcasts. Don't be stupid. So they cancelled that in 1929. And three years later, Radio City Music Hall opened. Guess how many people could sit in it? Five. Five. Million? Don't be silly. Thousand. 5,960. Mm. It is absolute monumental it is a huge venue and it did very well for 40 years until uh, in the 70s people just sort of stopped attending it anymore and it very nearly became bankrupt so presumably it couldn't be a venue for plays and things because in the age before amplification there's yeah. no way you can yeah project it became it became a really big pop music venue yeah. and they restored it when it was designated a New York City landmark in May 1978. Mm -hmm. And they renovated it a lot in 1999. But, I mean, this is the sort of alumni of people who played the venue. Yeah. Is amazing. So you've got uh, Paul Shane. (laughs) I was hoping it was going to be this. I was fighting so hard to keep my face straight. (laughs) Roger DeCourcy and Nicky Bear. (laughs) The Gentle Sex, that's S-E-C apostrophe S, who you'll know uh, that's the secretaries (laughs) from series one of 3-2-1 in the 70s. By the way, may I just barge in here, Huey Lewis looks a lot like a young Ted Rogers. I'm just going to leave that there. Yes, he does! (laughs) B.A. Roberts, uh, who was part of Brown Source, of course, with Noel Edmonds. Maggie Philbin and Keith Chegwin. I think it was like a supergroup thing. Derek and Ellen Jameson. (laughs) And Oswald Mosley and Orville. <laughs> Lovely. I mean, incredible. Yeah. Incredible lineup that. Did Schnorbitz never play? Schnorbitz never played, famously. Yeah. No, um, he Mike did, Winters did. He, <laughs> no, he did Carnegie Hall. Oh, okay. Uh, Schnorbitz and Bernie <laughs> Winters. <laughs> but Lenny Bennett yeah. did Radio City <laughs> Music Hall. I mean, those Len- When he toured Punchlines. <laughs> Uh, for more Bobby Davro madness, come back tomorrow. <laughs> uh, the Crankies famously never broke America. No, they did. They, they did. They did tonight. Ed Sullivan. 
Tonight Show with Ed Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah. And they also... <laughs> Richard Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, Jeanette wasn't the most active part of no, it. No, 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 not at all. No, famously, they, they met... Nixon at the White House. Yeah. They did a very intimate gig. Were they with him? Made federal narcotics investigators. No, no. And that's a call back to about five days ago on this podcast. <laughs> if you can find an Elvis one, it's that one. I'm sure you've seen the front gardens of the White House mm. and the huge crop of pampas grass. Yes. <laughs> so the crankies were just driving by, <laughs> pulled over. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Rose Nixon was a very accommodating woman from all I've heard. Well, from me and Nat. Hello. Jeanette Cranky. Goodbye. And President Nixon. It's a very fondled, fond <laughs> farewell. Until tomorrow, when the date fight yes. continues. Let's if, see what happens then. If we haven't been taken down. Thank you very Thank much. You. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Flippin' egg.